Well, even though it is uh, summertime and it's hot as heck in Gainesville, Florida, there's still a lot going on. A lot of schools, there's not, but at Florida, there is because you just finished up the Women's College World Series. You get track national championships going on. You got a baseball super regional, which, of course, we will talk about on this edition of Chomp Chat, but we'll also talk about some more official visitors coming to town this weekend and particularly ones from the state that borders the Gators to the north. That, of course, the good old state of Georgia. Jeff Cardozo, Zach Albaverde here with you. It's Chomp Chat, the Florida podcast presented by seccountry.com. We talked uh, ad nauseum quite a bit to uh, Jeff Centel yesterday about the commitment of a, a certain guy that was from Georgia, made his way down here, loved what he saw, and said, okay, Florida is good to go in my mind. So you had two guys come last week. And you got two more coming this week. So, Zach, that's certainly a good thing. And as we heard Jeff talk about yesterday, you know, Georgia sort of has their their pick of, of the crop. And they're getting a lot of guys to go there. But there's still a lot of talent in that state that if Florida can get them, people that all these other big school wants, then that's certainly a great relationship to a state that uh, Florida could use for a really long time. Yeah, absolutely. Talking to Jeff yesterday on the podcast uh, and hearing him at the end discuss you know, how the Gators and maybe even other schools have a chance to really benefit from a large talent pool that, that's in the Peach State this year. Uh, and the Gators seem to really be trying to pick up their presence there and get guys on campus for official visits and just uh, make sure that they're getting talent out of one of the best regions in the country. You know, they went and got four guys last year, two of their top commits right now are both from the state of Georgia. Uh, one of them, Humphreys, who officially visited last weekend along with Riley Simmons. And then this weekend, the Gators have another official visitor coming in from Georgia. Uh, he's going to be the only one that's in town on an official visit, but also coming from the Peach State, Warren Burrell, a three-star cornerback from Swanee, Georgia, who's also the teammate of DJ Turner, another three-star cornerback uh, who visited Florida in May. Uh, so the Gators are in on both of these guys. And, again, it just kind of highlights uh, you know, the prospects that they've really made a priority in that state. Well, and maybe when you hear three-star, people might say, well, who cares? He's just a three-star, of course, because everybody's looking at four and five-stars like what Georgia gets and what Alabama gets. So if we hear that three-star, like, what do we think about that? What's what's Dan Mullen's philosophy? Is he going after guys that he needs or, you know, different? Like, just explain to us why three-stars maybe aren't a bad thing. Well, it, you know, it's, it's not even so much to focus on the stars. Obviously, that matters on National Signing Day when you're looking at the class and its totality and you're judging how many guys they got and what the stars were and how it compares and ranks with other classes. But as you're trying to just build your class, build your board, make sure that you have options at the positions of need, this is your job as a coaching staff to make sure that you have plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D. And I'm not saying that a three-star guy is always a plan C or plan D. Sometimes a three-star guy is a priority for them at a certain position. But the point is you can't put all your eggs in the basket of a top 100 prospect that's a target for you or a five-star recruit that's a target for you. You have to make sure that you have a lot of options. And specifically at cornerback talking this year, we know it's a, a spot where the Gators want to make sure that they get a couple quality guys. And certainly they're in contention for the likes of Chris Steele, 
and Derek Stingley and Kyir Elam and a bunch of other names, but you also have to make sure that you have options there, like I said, and and to get DJ Turner in from Georgia and to get Warren Burrell in from Georgia, uh, it gives them those that they're looking for. Well, and some other guys in there as well that they might be in contention for, a kid from Hogansville, Georgia, Keandre Jones, and then a four-star guy in Warren McClendon who might be uh, coming to Gainesville this week on an unofficial visit. Yeah, he's also expected in town as well, Jeff, and this will be his you know second time coming to Florida this spring, a, a guy who was actually supposed to come earlier and, and you know earlier this year and didn't get to make the trip, but he's been really impressed by Florida and this new staff and kind of what they sold him on. Uh, he's a guy that has a family tie to South Carolina, so the Gamecocks many have viewed as as, as a team to beat at certain phases of his recruitment. But Florida has been able to really make a move for him as of late, uh, and, and and look, that, that's a pr- position of need for them as well. They don't have a lot of tackle prospects out there that, that they feel like I think that they have a good shot with. So the fact that they've got in it, on it with Warren and they're going to get him back on campus this weekend is certainly a big deal. Uh, and another familiar name that could be back on campus as well, Jeff, and sticking to the, the defensive back talk that we just had, is former Florida commit Tyreek Stevenson, a top 100 recruit. So for all the ones that, that didn't like that three-star talk that we just had, well, there's the four-star for you um, that's going to supposed to be in town this weekend and is a big name. Obviously a guy that was committed to the previous staff uh, but has since been back, got to know Dan Mullen and his coaches, and, and says, hey, Florida's still – you know, it was still my dream school growing up. It was it's still a program that I have interest in. And for, for the Gators to get Stevenson back on campus again this weekend is huge. Yeah, it's certainly huge. Well, speaking about uh, being on campus, when I strolled onto campus a couple of days ago, I saw some signs out by the O'Connell Center. It said, football camp parking. And I, and I was wondering, man, why are all these people here? And then you realize, well, people want to come to Florida. They want to camp, and uh, this is a, a big week for camps. As they, they get started and all the coaching staffs are here, they're out participating in this, and it's a, uh, a good opportunity for some uh, seven-on-seven talk and a uh, good opportunity to see some guys from uh, around the state. Yeah, absolutely, Jeff. I mean, they they started their you know camps last week, and, and as far as like their mini camps and day camps and things like that. Uh, but things really get cranked up this weekend because they're going to have their seven on seven camp and their elite uh, one day camp on Saturday, and and that's going to bring a lot of prospects to town. And so yes, they're going to have the official visitors in. They're going to have the big names like McClendon and Stevenson, but they're also going to have a lot of prospects that they're evaluating for the class of 2020, class of 2020 and also maybe some potential sleepers in the class of 2019. That's number one. Number two, as we know, Jeff, what is the biggest thing that they've been trying to do in this recruiting cycle? That's catch up this year with the other schools. Certainly they were able to do that in the spring with all the visits that they had. They inaugurated grill out. Now with these camps coming up, Jeff, it's another opportunity for these guys to get on campus in Gainesville, get around these coaches, and, and this time get more than just a regular visit where you're coming for a practice or a game. You're actually getting to get coached up by them if you if you choose to work out, and that's something that really can have an impact on guys when they make their decision. Well, and I know how vital that is in, in the sport of baseball. You know, you, you talk about guys trying to be seen and trying to get recognized by coaches and different staffs, and it's all about going to those summer camps and some of these elite camps that the, the baseball team holds, and it's a great opportunity to showcase. I remember a couple of years ago, they, they went and just signed a guy just for what he was able to do that week in the camp. So is football the same way, or because there's so many scouting things out there and so many people know what they are, is it – is it difficult to be really an unknown and show up to camp and, and make an impact, or do we still see that every now and then? No, it happens, Jeff. Uh, I don't think that 
you know, for a bigger for a bigger school like Florida and one that has a lot of recruiting resources and, and you know, they map things out in terms of their board, uh, hopefully one to two years in advance, uh, you know, maybe you don't get in a situation where a guy can come in and impress you and you have a need there and don't have a lot of other options and he gets that opportunity. Uh, but it does happen. I mean, we just saw it happen with Kyle Trask a couple of years ago, obviously. It's certainly someone that would fit that criteria of, of, of was, was able to come in and, and earn – um, an offer. And, and Jeff, that's probably one of uh, the coolest stories and things that I've experienced covering recruiting uh, in the eight years that I've been doing it is, is how his process played out. Because you remember I went to Texas and did that story on sure. him and you know met with his coach and he's saying one day they're going to do a 30 for 30 on Kyle Trask and how this kid never started in high school, but is now an NFL quarterback. I mean, that's how strongly he felt about his ability. And certainly Doug Nussmeyer, was really sold on him as well when he went out to Texas, but it took some convincing uh, for Jim McElwain. He came out in the summer and, and camped in June, but he had to come back for Friday Night Lights uh, to really earn the offer. And it was, again, one of the coolest things I've ever experienced because one of my guys that is a close friend of mine, um, you know, he's kind of you know, recruit Nick, and I bounce a lot of stuff off of him because he's just a football junkie. And he played, you know, college football. He coached it as well at the high school level. So he knows his stuff. And, and we were there watching the camp that day that Kyle Trask was out there. And, and Jeff, there was probably, you know, uh, there was probably over 100 quarterbacks out there or close to it. Um, wow. You know, it was a huge camp because it was when they had started the quarterback camps that were just specific to that position and they had a lot of, of passers out there working out and it also had Jake Allen and a bunch of other big names and here's Kyle Trask and my man was pointing out him in a crowd of like I said dozens of, of quarterbacks working out in these different drills telling me that that kid was the best one on the field um, and it took someone that obviously know, has an eye for talent and knows what they're watching to see that well lo and behold the next day he got offered and committed to Florida, and I asked Kyle what number he was wearing, and it, I'll be damned if it was the same number my friend pointed out on the field. So there are situations like that where that can happen. A guy can stand out and, and really uh, prove himself, and who knows, maybe it'll happen You know, this week. And obviously, Jeff, this weekend is also a big one for the baseball team as they host Auburn in the Super Regional, and certainly this is a matchup that everybody's looking forward to. We've always, already got to enjoy it once in Gainesville, but now this one's for all the marbles. Yeah, no, it is, and all, it seems pretty easy. Look, all you got to do is win two out of three at home, and you get to go to the World Series, and the Gators have been so good at being able to do that just the last couple of years of winning series, and that's what this baseball team is built for. And you look at what Auburn's going to bring. It's it's a hotter team than what Florida is. It's the number one pick in the draft coming in here to face a, a team that hasn't hit all that well. So I think there's a lot of people thinking, well, Florida – might be in in for it, and Auburn could come in here and, and beat the Gators. Well, they certainly could, but I also wouldn't count out Kevin O'Sullivan just to to know what he does to get this team ready, know what they've done over these last couple of days to, to get ready practice-wise and some of the things they've done to try to be able to have a game plan to, to hit Casey Mize on that first game. And then, listen, on the other side, you've got Brady Singer. So as much talk here as there is about Mize – Brady Singer is still up for the Player of the Year award in, in two different awards. He was still a first-round pick as well. He was still the SEC Player of the Year, and I, I'm not going to count out Brady Singer anytime he steps out on the mound. He only lost one time only in the entire season. So 
I think that says a lot about what Brady Singer is going to bring to the table, and I think it's going to be fascinating to have both of these guys go at it. And we saw these two go at it earlier in Gainesville, and, and Brady Singer beat Casey Mize. So if uh, if he can do that again, obviously Florida would get off to a nice 1-0 and start, and then Jackson Coar's got to be better. I think that's the thing, Zach. It's a wild card in here because the last five starts for Coar, the first two might have been his best two ever at Florida, yeah. but the last three have been – like me trying to hit off of you. I mean, I'm just home runs left and right and base hits and nobody uh I mean, you don't have a chance to get me out. That's so. just lies. Those are lies. Those are all lies. <laughs> but you know, maybe him getting drafted now takes some pressure off him and and he comes out and pitches well against Auburn, but I'm ready to see this pitching matchup once again with Brady Singer and and and, and Auburn's guy and it, you know, obviously we got to see it once already, Jeff, and it was such uh, a hyped up matchup that we got and it lived up to the expectation right I mean Dan Mullen was up there in the press box making sure that he got to come check it out and it was a packed house at McKeithen Stadium what was it like when those first two you know duked it out earlier this year there was I think 61 scouts there Mm. that day obviously there won't be too many scouts here this day because the the draft's already done but Jonathan India who was also a again a, a top five pick so he was four picks behind Myers he hit a homer off of Mize in the first inning, Gators got off to a yep. 2 nothing start, and then Brady Singer just took it the rest of the way. The Gators ended up beating uh, Auburn that day 3-1. to one. So I would expect the same type of thing. It's it's going to be hot. It's a noon start. It's going to be really steamy. I think the, the one concern that I have for Florida and maybe the difference of what's happening with this baseball team now as opposed to when we saw Auburn the, the first time, Florida's not playing that good a defense, and – if you make a mistake here or there in a game like this, then then you might be screwed. It might be one little mistake that says, okay, that that's it. Like in, in these big-time moments with opportunities to win championships, you can't have that, oh, my bad moment because the other team may not have that moment, and that might be the, the difference between winning or losing. So Florida's got to get better from a defensive standpoint. I think Florida also has to get better at running the base pass. We haven't seen them – be able to to do that well and we saw another couple of base running blunders in, in regional play and we still saw a couple of situations when the Gators had guys on third and less than two outs and they weren't able to dr- drive that run home so baseball's full of little nuances here and there and, and things throughout the game that if you don't score in that one moment that might be your only chance and I think more than anything that's that's the fear that I have that this team has been so good over the last 11 years at fielding the baseball under Kevin O'Sullivan. And then for some reason, this year now down the stretch, they haven't been all that good. And um, you just you can't make mistakes in games like this. Now, and that's certainly an understandable thing to, to be fearful of, Jeff, when you consider you know the losses that they had in, in, in six of their last seven games and, and the way that they you know kind of made it through the Gainesville Regional. Uh, but, I mean, do you get some excitement from the fact that they've played Auburn before went toe-to-toe, and were able to win in Gainesville. And, and how much does that impact this series um, You know, in, in a Super Regional when the Gators have been able to play this team once before and, and get the W? I, I don't know if that necessarily makes a difference. I, I've never really believed too much in that because you know, teams are different when you play them at one point in the year. Again, look at what happened last year. Gators went to Auburn, and they got swept in three games. But then the Gators ended up winning the national championship. So you, you never know. It's about – getting a team at home, getting a team on the road. Are you healthy? Are you not healthy? And 
You know, I think Auburn. I, I guess I guess what I'm going for is more the psyche of Florida. The fact that they've been struggling and, and haven't had it going when they get out there against a team that they know that they've beaten before. I mean, does does that help at all? And I mean, you you would think that they wouldn't need that because yeah. it's a super regional on the line, but it doesn't hurt. No, it doesn't hurt. But again, I, I don't know if it necessarily helps. Just because you beat Auburn two out of three doesn't mean you're going to beat him again. Just because Jonathan India hit a homer off of Casey Mize doesn't mean he's going to do it again. Sure. So I, I think that's, again, where one pitch here and there makes such a difference in the sport of baseball. And you look at what Auburn did in the regional, when they, they were dominant. They hit a ton. And they've had some guys throughout the SEC tournament hit a ton. So they are way hotter at swinging the bats in Florida is right now, and Florida's going to have to be on, on top of their game. But there's also a reason why Florida continues to be one of the best teams in the country at home, and they hardly ever lose on this field. And I think, to me, more than anything, that's where the difference is. Like, if Florida was going to Auburn this weekend, then I would probably be even more fearful yeah. or scared than, than I was. But because it's at home, because I, I know what this team's been able to do in series, I mean, listen, they, they went through a stretch – from last year to this year where they won 19 straight series before they lost that final one against Mississippi State. So think about that. This is just a series. Yeah. All you got to do is win two out of three games. And Florida has had it happen to them before. The last couple of times they've been in Super Regionals, they've lost one of the first two games. They've had to get to a third game, and they've always won that third game. So I, I think Florida's built for situations like this. I think they have more depth than some of these other teams that they're going to face. And I think they have more pitching depth than Auburn does, but now it's all about the execution. Can you do enough to, uh, to be successful? And then you talked about earlier this week, Jeff, how when they finally were able to wrap up what was a long Gainesville regional, uh, you know, Sully made sure to tell his players don't step foot uh, in the facilities the next day and, and made sure those guys got a break. How, how's everything been since then and, and, and gearing up, for this matchup, and, and where do you feel like Sully thinks his team is at? Yeah, no good. I, I think he's he was happy for them to just get away and chill out. Nice practice yesterday, practiced again today. It's just it's now about going out and executing. Get a good night's sleep tonight. Make sure you come back ready to go. It's an early start. They'll have team breakfast about 8 o'clock on, on Saturday, and then they'll have to get to the yard and take some batting practice and pray for no rain. So let's hope that uh, that, that doesn't happen. But Tomorrow is actually my 40th birthday. Whoa! So, uh, maybe they can give me a nice little birthday present to uh, get another victory over Casey Mize. So I, I, I'm a, I'm officially a man tomorrow, well, and, according and, to Mike Gundy. And since it's a noon game, got to show up in your birthday suit. Yeah, I might might just have to do that. Go out there, at least maybe a speedo, because then there it would go viral, and then all the attention would be on me yeah. and not the game. And we already had one regional ruined. Sure, I need another one. Well, so we'll see how the uh, the Gators do, and whatever happens, we'll talk about it on Monday. The Gators could be playing still on Monday. So again, Saturday and Sunday games are at noon. If uh, each team wins one, there'll be a third and deciding game that will happen on Monday night at eight thirty. So that would be a, a late one after uh, everything's all said and done. But uh, we'll dwindle it down to the final eight and talk about who's going to Omaha when we start off the week next week. Over everybody has a wonderful weekend. Whatever you got going on, make sure you do your best to, uh, to kill it and uh, have yourself a very fantastic weekend. For Zach Albaverde, I am Jeff Cardozo. This is Chomp Chat, the Florida podcast presented by SECCountry.com.